children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. Good evening, and welcome to the mansion. My name is... Well, you can probably guess my name. Nonetheless, I call myself Nosferatu. You may call me Dracula. This week, Woody and Roderick or on vacation. I will not be back until next week. Woody has left me in charge of the studio. I hope he thought that one through. I was supposed to play a previous story, but Woody has his file in an unusual order. Or to tell what I am looking for. But I think I found the one that I like. It is called Dead Boats. Reminds me of my youth. Back in Romania. Enjoy. Dead Boats. Written by creepypasta author Jeff Harton. I worked on a shrimp boat called the Melissa on the Gulf. Hot, sweaty work. But all the shrimp you can eat, so there's that. Captain Mike was my boss. A whizzing old salt, rough around the edges, but a good man and a, and a good boss. I worked with him on the open waters for years before we split. Here's what happened. So one day, we were out. Early in an attempt to beat the other boats and get a good haul, I started cranking up the nets and positioned them over the collecting bin and, and let them go. Whole shit ton of shrimp this morning. Today is going to be a good and profitable trip at this rate. I look up at the nets and I see something caught up in it. Probably driftwood, but I gotta get it down. Or else it's gonna rip the nets. I dropped them down so I can pull it off. It's definitely not driftwood. I don't know what it is. It looks like a small arm. Like a child's arm. But it's not. It's a model green with brown flecks but the texture almost seems like shark skin. 
thin, long fingers, almost five inches long. I, I almost can't call them fingers. They were webbed to one another with a thin layer of skin, almost translucent in the sun. I've never seen anything like it. Sharp, pointed claws where fingernails would be on a person. I look down at the end of the arm and I, I see that it's been twisted and broken and caught in nets. At the end, it looks like it had been sawn or gnawed off in a hurry by something dull. Dark red blood drips off of it, pulled in on the deck. I must have been caught in a trance staring at that odd thing because the next thing I remember is Captain Mike screaming at me, Get that fucking thing off the boat right now! I snap and quickly work it free, tossing it in the water as fast as I can. Some of the blood stains my hands and my shirts, but I rinse it off. Not the first time something's bled on me out here. As I clean up, I realize that Mike has turned the boat around. We're headed back to port. But it's not even 10 o'clock and he's calling it a day. I have bills to pay and maybe 100 pounds of shrimp ain't gonna cut it. I'm about to have a few words with the captain, but one look at him and I see something clearly off. He keeps glancing at the sides of the boat as he speeds up. While I'm tidying up, I see him pulling the emergency flare gun and checking it, pulling out the extra flares too. I guess this isn't the time to bother him. We get back and as I finish up, Mike comes over and he palms me $400. Hell of a lot more than I make normally. As I take the money, his hand grabs mine tightly and he pulls me in. The day's a short day. The extra is for you to keep quiet about why we had a short day. Alright, I'll see you tomorrow. He lets my hand go and I start looking into the water. He seems lost, uneasy. This is a man who spent his whole damn life on a boat. I feel uncomfortable just seeing how uncertain he is. Yeah, I guess. Go out and have a few drinks. I, I know I will. Odd morning, but... With paid like this, I hope I find one of those arm things every damn day. That evening, I find myself at a local bar closest to the waterfront where all the working stiffs corrugate. We've been buying rounds for hours, bullshitting around about work and sex and general things. I've got a pretty good load on, and my curiosity gets the better of me. I ask in a low tone. So what's the strangest thing you've ever brought up in the nets? And don't fucking say tires. I mean, a whole car would be weird, but a tire's like all the time. I get a couple of answers. Will, Will once found one of those inflatable sex dolls. Rick found a whole box with a whole set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. John found not one individual, but a pair of boots. Now that's odd. What's odd is that they was his exact size. Hell, he was even wearing them. I'll push it a little further. Yeah, but you ever seen anything like unnatural? Like you couldn't explain it? I get a chorus of no. But Kirk suddenly gets real quiet and starts to stare intently at the sweat beating off his glass. 
I think I got all I can now, information-wise. Now for a couple more beers, I'm flush today. My alarm goes off dutifully at 7.30 in the next morning, and I dutifully go off at my alarm in a swarm of profanity. My head feels like it's going to explode. I wish it could. I dutifully crack open a club soda, swallow some ibuprofen, and turn up a hot shower. By 8 a.m., I'm recovering and on my way to the docks. I wander up to the Melissa, Captain Mike's boat. He's muttering something under his breath, staring at the deck. The deck's been all scratched to hell. Deep, long rakes intently scratching all over the place. Most of them seeing a congregate where the nets release, where the blood spilled yesterday. I stand behind Mike for a couple of minutes until he acknowledges me. Not going out today. Not like this. Sorry. All right, but I got to work, you know. I'm going to ask around and see if anyone is short of that can. Do what you got to do. See you tomorrow. Yeah, sure. I look out and I find another boat short of a man. I like Mike. Worked with him for years. But I work for paper, not a man. If he doesn't get his shit together, I'm going to have to find another ship. We have an uneventful day out on another ship. I'm at the docks again again, 8 a.m. sharp. Captain got a whole load of bleach and cleaners. I wonder what's up. I'll pay you double if you haven't laid the scrapes off the boat, bleached down the whole thing and refinished the deck. These scrapes and stains are bad for the boat. Shit, that's a lot of work. But double the pay is double the pay. Mike might be losing it, but I won't stop him from paying me that much. I agree. It's a long day, but much harder than our usual trips out. Still profitable. Before I leave, Mike asked me to help him pull down the nets. That request stands out to me as they're a bitch to move, heavy and unwieldy. You usually only do it if you've got a rip or something, but these are perfectly good. As I leave, I see Mike pile them up on the beach, pour some diesel on top, and light them up. Doesn't make much any sense, burning good nets like that. And why burning? After working my hands and back that hard, I need a beer. I head to the bar. I spot Kirk at the bar, and I fall in next to him. We talk a bit, starting with the weather. For other people, that might sound like tepid conversation, but out on the water is vital information. Eventually, I get enough in me, and I, we start talking about our boats, bitching about the bosses. It starts off as good-nature pressure release. But when I start bitching about all the extra work I had to do today with the deck and the nets, Kirk cuts me off abruptly. He's not crazy. You need to find another boat. Maybe somewhere a little further up the coast. That's all I get out of him. He's like a stone after all that. I'd assume Mike has spent too many years under the sun baking his brains. But Kirk is usually pretty good with advice. Still the next morning, I head in to talk to Mike. We finished restoring decks. 
Now he's on talking about the possible residue on the sides of the propellers. He says he wants to scrape those down next. This is crazy. It's way beyond a two-man job. You need to dry dock a boat for all he wants. It's the start of the season, and now he doesn't have enough cash lying around for that. I spent the day trying to pressure wash the sides of the boats as a cheaper fix. At the end of the day, Mike slaps me a few hundred dollars and looks me in the eye and says, I don't want you to go out there. Not with the ships like this. It's not ready. All right, but if there's no work for me, I need to look elsewhere. I understand. It's been good. He gives me a firm handshake and looks me in the eye. Something is welling behind those eyes, but he fights it back. He turns to organize up the ropes. I notice he's got a heavy revolver clipped to his side. But it's not unusual for a boat to have a gun on board. But a hand cannon on your person? I'm starting to really worry about Mike. This is not normal behavior. I'm not sure if I can talk about this to anyone just yet. I flounder a bit, but find a job after a few days. I still see Captain Mike cleaning off to Melissa every day when I goes to the dock. He's there scrubbing when I leave. He's scrubbing when I get back. There are new scrapes all over the hull, like something scratching its way climbing up. Mike's becoming a pariah on the docks. No one wants to talk about it. And when they do, it's in a low, hushed tones. Eventually, Captain Mike decides Melissa is finally clean, or he can't afford to go on without another day's bounty. He hires Carlos, the new guy on the docks, and they go out. I make a point of breaking the silence and talk to Mike and check in after a return at the end of the day. They've been catching much less than usual, like half if not worse. Still, he's getting back on the water. And that's got to be good for him. Carlos says he's been freaked out by all the sharks that he's seen tail them. I try to put him at rest, tell him that sharks aren't that big of a deal. They're just opportunistic bastards. I lie and make him feel better. Is that really a lie? One day the Melissa doesn't come back. I wait on the dock searching the horizon. It gets dark. Mike doesn't usually stay out this late. I go to the bar and try to drink my body weight in vodka. Weeks later, another captain finds a Melissa floating a few miles out to sea. I wasn't there, so the rest is hearsay and rumor. The police report is still sealed. Apparently, it was a bloodbath. Blood dried on the deck. Most of it right under the nets. Pieces of viscera scattered everywhere. At least the pieces of seagulls hadn't eaten. The pilot room saw the worst of it. Just guts spread everywhere. Some tufts of hair and skin too. Like somebody was flayed about and somebody who either didn't know what they were doing or was too enthusiastic to do it right. Mike used to sit right there when we were out. Mike's revolver was found there too. Four shots fired, but no idea if anyone was hit. 
Who could even tell whose blood belonged to who? In the deck, they found a long piece of metal embedded deep in the wood. Looked like it was a piece of old boat anchor. It had been crudely sharpened. The investigators wrapped up. Definitely foul play was the conclusion. Maritime law says that the dead boats found at sea become the property of whomever finds them. Here's the thing. The captain who found it wanted absolutely no part of it. Refused to even set foot on it. He had it sunk over by the reefs. He even took his own ship over it put it on the dry docks to season it, to scrape off the wood and have it sanitized and refinished. He was talking about selling it and moving on to different places. He said the waters weren't as hospitable as they used to be. Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it and subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. If you want your story read for your own use or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.